This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. <coughs> Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Bull. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And hello, good morning. Um, you have the chance to be on Dirt Radio today and with Colin. And I have the Morgana with me. Hi, how are you, Morgana? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's a pleasure. So we both from Friend of the Earth. Yep. And uh, today we're going to talk about your campaign. Your campaign is the, um, the River Country campaign. And yeah, it right. just took place from the, the Barma. Yeah, so campaign. we just... Um, rebranded from the Barma Milwa campaign collective to the River Country um, campaign. And that was really just because um, about over 10 years ago, we started out as the Barma Milwa campaign, working to protect that forest um, in Victoria, New South Wales. Um, but now we're a lot broader and working to protect um, river red gum forests all along the Murray, Darling Basin, as well as um, working for land and water rights. So um, yeah, I think the name really describes well what we're doing. A bit, uh, a bit better. Yeah. So you're friends of the Earth campaign, also, and you also like water justice and for indigenous people. Yeah, sure. So you're working closely with uh, First Nations. We are. So we are going to. I would like you to tell us a little bit more about like who you are. How did you get involved with this campaign? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I grew up um, in Swan Hill, which is up about four hours away from Melbourne on the Murray River. Um, and the forest that is close to that is the Nyavanifera Forest. Um, so it used to be a state forest. Um, and we, since um, since I was young, I was um, part of a group called the Friends of the Nyavanifera Forest who were working to protect that forest. Um, so since I was a child, really, and that group was made up of locals um, and traditional owners. And for over 10 years, um, since the 90s, we were um, lobbying to get that forest protected because commercial logging was coming in and there's um, a lot of cultural heritage sites in there that are really important, um, as well as the biodiversity. Um, so after yeah, a massive struggle um, over 10 years, um, bigger groups like Friends of the Earth and the Wilderness Society got involved. Um, so there was yeah local groups, bigger environmental groups and traditional owners. Um, and eventually in 2010, it was declared as a regional park, which yeah, it was amazing. It meant um, logging and hunting wouldn't happen in there anymore. Um, and that we hoped um, that there was a report, the VIAC report, Victorian Environmental Assessment Council, um, which recommended co-management for Nivernifra Park as well as Barma. Yes. Um, and so Barma is co-managed now with Yorta Yorta, which is amazing. Um, and Nivernifra still, so it's been five years since that park was declared and it's still not being co-managed with Wadi Wadi, which is something that we're fighting for at the moment. But yeah, I suppose where I come from, um, yeah, I grew up in these parks and yeah, I, I love working to protect them and um, enhance, so, enhance them. So like Barma and uh, Nia Vinifera are two separate parks, yeah, but they're yeah. along the, the Murray yeah, sure. River? And they were the two that were recommended in the VIAC report to be joint managed with traditional owners. 
Yeah, but Barma is a national park and Nivernifra is a regional park, so Barma does get a bit more funding and, yeah, we have to fight a bit harder for Nivernifra and really, you know, the community is speaking up there. All right. Is uh, still have, like, some logging into uh, Nivernifra? Um, there isn't allowed to be any logging, um, but there is a big problem with illegal firewood logging. So um, there isn't much um, regulation of that because... Parks Victoria don't have a lot of funding to um, be out there all the time looking out for it. So there's yeah there's been lots of reports of commercial um, wood coming out of that forest, which is totally illegal. Um, and yeah, it's a big problem. So um, yeah, <laughs> it's not good. And like so, the the social, the the community and the, of the the Swan Hill near region, it's why this park is that important for yeah, for sure. this community and for the people. So it's really one of the. It's quite small the park, um, but it's one of the only um, semi-intact um, river red gum wetlands in the area. So it really does draw in a lot of um, community that use it for camping and fishing and walking and horse riding. Um, and, yeah, and, like, people have grown up um, playing and and spending a lot of time in that forest and have really strong connections to it. Um, and we were up there the other week for um, a five-year anniversary event and lots of locals were speaking about um, their connection with it and how they'd been going there for, you know, 40 years since they were a child mm-hmm. and they'd seen the changes and that they used to see these massive floods that inundated the whole forest and, you know, it was amazing and, and they haven't seen that in so long and just those, you know, changes from, you know, water management and also climate change that are impacting it and, you know, they feel really strongly about trying to get the forest back to the stage where, you know, we weren't intervening as much. What about the, the water and, uh, and the fishes inside the water? Or you, do you still, like, manage this part also um, the park? Or? So the... I mean, yeah, we're campaigning to to get water allocations for the park. So Nivernifra doesn't have a secure water allocation. The central, the CMA, um, the Catchment Management Authority um, in the Mallee has to apply to get water for the forest. So it really depends um, if there's water around at the time. So um, we did have just recently um, 500 megalitres going to the forest, which is really great. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, what would happen naturally. It's not as much. Um, and it also isn't in a natural way. So naturally the water would flow in and out of the forest mm-hmm. because it would rise above the riverbank. But now to try to save water, they just pump in some water and leave it there um, to sit so it doesn't actually flow back out. So sure. then there's some issues with um, black water and, and things like that yeah, because like it's very stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a compromise to actually get water in there. But, yeah, the fish um, are definitely in decline um, and crayfish as well up yes. there and um yeah recently friends of the earth have been working had been working on a platypus project so all right um yeah some of the traditional owners up there you know the platypus was their totem and you know it hasn't been seen up there for many many years because of all of the the weirs and the regulation and and the pollution so yeah there's lots of issues <laughs> so sad like talking about traditional owners how you with the um, with your campaign are you working with the first nation people yeah we are so we're mostly focusing on the Nivernifra forest at the moment and we're working with the Wadi Wadi people mm-hmm. um, to because you know they're still pushing for management and they really want to manage that forest and 
that was promised to them five years ago when the park got announced. It was promised that they would be able to co-manage the forests with um, majority traditional owners on the board of management, which means that, you know, they would get the most say in what happened and where the funding went and how it was managed. Um, and it was also promised that there would be at least one um, dedicated Indigenous ranger for the park. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things that we're still pushing for and working with them on to progress. Um, there are some Indigenous rangers in the Parks Victoria who are the yes. people that manage it, but they have to look after the whole region. So they, they're not specifically looking after Nivenifra. Um, so that's something that we're pushing for um, and asking Lisa Neville, the Environment Minister in Victoria, um, yeah, to do. So it looks like pretty hard to make sure like Victor, uh, the Victorian government respect, respect their, their goals. Uh, so you, we roughly said that the current management of the park is pretty crap. Yeah. And uh, so who's exactly responsible for, for that and how could we improve it? Sure. So um, the minister is responsible, the environment minister, who is Lisa Neville and um, the Labor government. So previously under the coalition... Um, so Labor um, announced these forests in 2010, so they were declared, and then um, the Liberal National Coalition got in after that. So for the last um, four years that they were in, there wasn't much progressed um, and things were stalled a lot and co-management process was um, stopped. Mm -hmm. So now that Labor is back in, um, it's a great opportunity for us to push for, you know, they... Um, they opened these parks and and now they're back in and how are they going to um how are they going to improve them and get them back to um what they were so yeah the minister is overall responsible and then there's the department of um environment well it's changed names a few yeah. times now i think it's the department of land water planning and environment um so they are the overall managers and then on the ground managers are parks victoria um, so they're the ones, there's four um, staff in Swan Hill that are responsible for the whole region. Um, and yeah, they've actually recently, they used to be five staff, now they're four. So, you know, instead of improving and growing um, mm -hmm. the management and the capacity, it's actually been reduced. So um, yeah, that's not good for, for the park. And so they are the managers of the park, but um, recently we had an event with them and they were telling us that, you know, the last in the last financial year they only got $5,000 to manage roads in the whole municipality. $5,000? Yeah. That's so, too much. Yeah. Oh, my God. They, they, they allocated that to Nivenifra just because, you know, they love yeah. Nivenifra, but mm -hmm. that was the whole range of their funding. So, you know, how can you manage... Um, a regional park with, you know, weed issues and biodiversity and, and water and illegal firewood logging, you know, with literally no money. So, you know, yeah. they are there to manage it, but they have no funding or resourcing to do it. So in a way, you know, their hands are tied. They really want to do more and they can see lots of issues in the park as we can, um, but they don't have that funding or support to actually manage that. Regarding this issue, what do you think should be the, the main focus at the moment for, to, get, to get the park running well? Sure. Um, well, the main focus really needs to be 
um, consulting and working with the traditional owners. So yes. lots of decisions are being made about these parks without proper consultation um, with the traditional owners. So that like that needs to be first um, and, and focusing on getting co-management where um, it was promised um, and also looking at other ways to um, involve traditional owners in the management of the parks. Um, but, yeah, the other thing is funding. So not much can happen without funding um, yes. and there's really, yeah, Nivenifra as a case study, you can see that... Um, there is no funding for, for regional parks um, along the Murray. National parks do get a bit more funding. Yes. Um, but, you know, like the community fought so hard to protect that forest of, over so many years. And then, you know, we sighed a breath of relief in 2010 when it was protected. And now to look and, and see, um, you know, massive areas of weed infestations and massive areas of illegal logging, you know, the community is really up in arms about this you know we thought yeah. the park was protected but really it's just been left and and neglected um and yeah it really needs to come from the minister that you know she um cares about these parks and she's going to allocate funding that is adequate not you know five grand for some roads in the region like to manage totally and yeah. it's really important i mean like all this ecosystem around rivers they really help the it's the flow of the murray river i mean that's the one who go to adelaide and yeah. who's just going to supply so many farmers with like a proper clean water yeah and also drink drinkable water i mean like adelaide if i'm not wrong they drink most of the water out of the murray and if we don't protect this, all these rivers mm. and all these like forests and ecosystem who used to filter the water and to clean it up. Exactly. What yeah. they're gonna do in New South, yeah. in South so, Australia? I mean, these are forests, but they're also wetlands and floodplains, and yeah. naturally they are like the lungs of the river, and they the water would go over the bank and would get filtered by these these floodplains, and then go back as in a cleaner way. Yes. Um, but now, if they're yeah. It's they're being managed um, in you know isolated cases. So looking at this forest and this area, and not as you know lands as a landscape that is all interconnected. Um, and yeah, as I said before, the the way that some of the watering is happening is that it's going in, but then not coming back out in you know in a flow. So so that water isn't being cleaned by the forest and returning back to the river. <laughs> That's a joke. It's like roughly <laughs> they filling it up a dam yeah. with a with a hose and waiting until it and goes waiting down. until yeah. it goes down. I mean, yeah, we're grateful for any water for the yes. forest, but it could be done in a much more holistic way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, controlling the water. Do you think it's because there is less water flooding into the Murray or it's because human uh, technique trying to control the water a little bit better and we don't want to have this flood anymore? Um, it's it's both. So, um, yeah, I mean, since um, White Settlement, we've been damming the Murray. And, yeah, so in its natural form, the water would um, have massive overbank flows and floods and um, that would, you know, clean out the system and bring it back down the river. Um, but now all the water is held up and, you know, mm-hmm. most of it is used for irrigation. Um, but, you know, what we don't talk about enough is that these floodplains, um, yeah, they they do. They clean the forest the, and the water um, and the water quality is really dependent on if these wetlands are being um, used. But, yeah, there's there's less water because it's being used for irrigation and human use, but also because of climate change um, and, you know, people forget about it. It's been wet for a few years now, so um, we, we stop talking about, you know, 
about drought and yes. about but in mm-hmm. the drought right. you know we just want to use it for our human use because you know we're trying to survive and there's no water and the forests get um, forgotten about so they went for about 10 years without a flood and 75 percent of them were dead or dying the forests um, which is why this victorian environmental assessment council report was tabled um, and then these big floods came um, in about 2009 and so they did get a bit of um, a flood and that's really great but you know we need to look at the long term and giving them um, a secure water allocation and currently only a few you know icon sites have those um, allocations, but yes. you know we we think all of the forests and wetlands along the river are important and vital and um, deserve to be protected and given water, whether they're an icon site or not, and you know how big they are or how small um, it doesn't Good matter. Man. People have connections to them and they have cultural. Um, yeah. yeah, and they, they're all part of a global ecosystem that we yeah. have, we need to protect. To protect this ecosystem, how could we help you? Right. Um, well, you could um, have a look at our website and, you know, learn a bit about the forests. Um, you could... So your website, we find it on Friends on, of the on Earth? On Friends of the Earth, yeah. yeah. It's on the campaign page. Um, so the River Country campaign. Yeah, you can like us on Facebook, the River Country campaign. Um, and, yeah, like, keep up to date. You know, sometimes we ask, you know, can you write a letter to the minister and ask her this? Can you sign this? Um and yeah, you can donate to us so that we have more capacity um, to do what we're doing and to work with traditional owners and to put on events and to talk to the minister and, and things like this. So yeah, we recently had our big tax appeal and that was really great. Sweet. But yeah, you can donate to us at any time. Um, and there's a link on the Friends of the Earth donate page as well. Perfect. We can come to visit you on Friends of the Earth? Yeah, totally. <laughs> nice. Perfect. So, yes, thank you very much. You staying with us for the second part sure. anyway, where I'm going to play a quick community announcement regarding ICANN and the Hiroshima screening, the anti-nuclear movement. At 17 seconds after 8.15, on the clear, bright morning of August 6, 1945, an atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, Japan. August 6th and 9th marks 70 years since the U.S. atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which claimed more than 200,000 lives. Join the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons, ICANN, for Australia's first ever screening of the extraordinary 1953 film Hiroshima. Thursday, August 6th at 6.30, Collide Theatre, Melbourne. Bookings at icanw.org.au. Proceeds support ICANN's work to ban and eliminate the 15,000 nuclear weapons that exist in the world today. ICANN is a 3CR supporter. Hello, you're back on Dirt Radio with Colin and Morgana. You've heard a community announcement from ICANN. ICANN is a really kick-ass action group who's really fighting hard all around the world to protect us from uh, nuclear weapons. And Hiroshima and Nagasaki has been totally a big, big major disaster. So yes, come up uh, at the screening and uh, follow ICANN on uh, social media. So just before we were talking with Morgana, Morgana is the new coordinator of the River Country Campaign of Friends of the Earth in Melbourne. The River Country Campaign is working hard to protect and manage sustainably the Nia Vinifera Park on the Murray River and the Barma. They are working closely with traditional owners and community to make sure that Victorians' government respect their goal. Good luck, guys. <laughs> Thank you. So now what 
happening? What's happening today? So big stuff, Al Gore. Al Gore is the former US vice president and is in Melbourne and is having a big, big chat with Daniel Andrew. And so it will be awesome if everyone could jump on Twitter, on social media and to help us to get the Victorian renewable energy target up on Al Gore's radar and up on the table for the discussions. So please, you can tweet or retweet at Al Gore, at Al Gore and use the hashtag Spring Street uh, tag to show the, the journal that it's a hot topic. Yeah. Regarding regarding the the red and the ALP, so you Organ Morgana, you were also uh, during a rally on the demonstration for climate change this yeah, weekend. Yeah, so there was a rally on Saturday outside the ALP conference where um, the community was calling for the ALP to have higher targets on climate change. Um, so they've recently come out and said they want fifty uh, percent renewables by twenty thirty, which is a great step Whoa. forward and yeah we're cr congratulating them on that but also um we know there's a lot more that needs to happen yes um and they they really need to have a stronger position on fossil fuels and ending all new investments and subsidies and shutting down um yeah, yeah. like big stuff like Azelwood. like yeah. how this that that's one of the dirtiest coal power plant in the world yeah. here right in victoria in latrobe valley it's that's awful right. yeah and the communities um in, in these regions need um, sustainable plans to transition away from them because, yeah, these coal fire plants can't last forever yeah. um, and, the, yeah, the, there's no sustainable plans in place. So, um, yeah, the ALP, we're really calling on them um, as, as a community to step up and, you know, differentiate themselves from Tony Abbott. I yeah. mean, yeah, they, they really need to have a stronger plan and, yeah, renewables are a massive part of that and... Um, the 50% target is a great um, step in the right direction. But, yeah, they there's a lot more that they could do. That would be really interesting to see, like, really, like, this 50% this mm. renewable coming in and to push, slowly push back the all the coal and uh, who impact fossil yeah. fuel. Yeah. Fossil fuel impact uh, climate change. Yes, so uh, the, on Twitter, it's at Al Gore and the hashtag is Spring Street, Street uh, ST. So you can find much more information on uh, Yes to Renewable Twitter account and Facebook page. So Lee Ewok is kicking ass activist, yeah. is doing so much for that. So it was, how many of you during this protest? Um, I'm not sure on the number. There. Yeah, there was definitely a few hundred. Um. But, yeah, lots of different groups um, were yes. represented and lots of different people talked. Um, and then um, I think Anthony Albanese and Mark Butler came down and talked to us um, about, you know, they, they want the next election to be a fight on climate change and that's yes. that's great. Like we want it to be a major issue in the next election and, you know, we know Tony Abbott um, does, does nothing and we want the ALP to step up um, and, yeah, hopefully listen to the community and, and be a major party that actually has a policy that is going to keep us under two degrees because currently neither of the major parties' policies um, are going to give us a safe climate future. And, yeah, oh, as young yeah. people um, and, you know, all members of the community, we're calling for that. Yeah, and like, as you say, Tony Abbott's doing nothing, just making it worst. Yeah. I mean, him and He's his just friends are just... 
God, with him on uh, <laughs> imagine if I was ruling the world, the, the world, we would have maybe plus four degrees on the planet or yeah. something like that. Would be awful. You also, I've seen you uh, part of a group uh, AYCC. Yeah. Also, yeah. so roughly, could you tell us and uh, in like two minutes what AYCC is and what they're doing at the sure. moment? Sure. So, it's the um, Australian Youth Climate Coalition, um, and we also work with Seed, um, which has recently launched. That's the Indigenous Youth Climate Network. Yes. So yeah, go and look look us up, like us on Facebook. So um, we're young people, a um, hundred thousand of us across the nation um, who are yeah, demanding a safe climate future. You know, this is our future. We're going to grow up in a world and we don't want it to be over two degrees warmer. Yes. Um, but we're also really focused on climate justice and, you know, we don't want um, our impacts to um, to hurt those on the front lines, those in the Pacific Islands, those traditional owners that, you know, their land is getting damaged by climate change. Um, and our major campaign at the moment is on the Galilee Basin, so trying to stop um, the Galilee Basin from being dug up and from Abbott Point being expanded um, yeah. and the Great Barrier Reef being destroyed. To protect the reef from... We yeah, know a so bit about that. Um, we're trying to stop the financing because, you know, the government approvals, most of them have been given, but a lot of it is still in um, the courts. Um, and the last frontier really is if they get financing. And Commonwealth Bank is um, looking to finance them. And so we're really trying to put the pressure on them um, to say the community is not going to let you finance a project that's mm-hmm. going to ruin our climate and the reef. And so roughly like your campaign objective is to divest from Com- Commonwealth Bank? Yeah, well, it's to make sure the banks commit to not funding this project yes. and to see this project, yeah, not go ahead. Um, yeah, so... So all guys, you need to know that Commonwealth Bank was ready to fund the destruction of the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. It's something you can easily do. It's like or to divest or you can go to your branch and speak yeah. about your concern. Otherwise, you can just like swap bank you can go on the market forces website mm-hmm. so ma- yeah market forces and they're gonna give you a big list of what you can do mm-hmm. and how to m- do it better yeah that's right and if all the customers stand up and say you know we're not going to stand for this then hopefully the banks will listen and and not fund these dirty projects yeah exactly especially especially i got a little personal <laughs> anger against yeah. bank <laughs> <laughs> for what happened two months ago so, yes, thank you very much for for this chat and thank to you. explain to us about the rally, about uh, our beautiful national parks. Uh, something else, yes, pretty quickly, Earth, we all heard about Earthworker, so they're building some, uh, some solar heater. So they've grown from a few committed activists and a thriving community with broad networks and three building cooperatives. One of those cooperatives is called Eureka's Future Workers Cooperative. It has been undergoing mutualizations while continuing to produce quality solar hot water tanks from its factory in Dadenong. So it's it's really like a local organization providing jobs in a sustainable manner. And at the moment, they're looking for uh, mutualizations. So they're also looking for people to, to buy shares. To be able to be sure that the company is gonna be um, is not gonna be um, bought by big other company, and we're gonna be able to keep the the freedom of what we want to do. So please jump on a website, so Earth Workers, and don't hesitate. If you want to invest on a long term sustainable future, you can uh, help them and uh, get couple shares. Awesome. I mean, like. 10.58, we've done a <laughs> really great show. So now I would like to thanks 
everyone to thanks also Thwisia Community Radio and uh, Friends of the Earth who give us the opportunity to broadcast live from uh, from this studio. <laughs> 